Welcome to the Home Medic. You're listening to the series on Radon. Welcome to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. I'm Garth Haslam, and you, Heidi Hansine, are Heidi Hansine. I am still Heidi Hansine, and I'm back again with you. It's a darn good thing that you remain Heidi Hansine, because... Because we're kind of comfortable. Although it might be fun to throw another name on the end of that at some point. We're the, oh, yeah, see, now she's angling for (laughs) that rich guy. I'm not opposed to that, as long as the name is the right name. Yeah, like Hanson. (laughs) No, 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 no. Gotta have a little variety. (laughs) So, in the last segment, we talked a little bit about the intros associated with Radon. I was just about to start a story about my own background as a Radon engineering consultant. So, and this is an important story, and it kind of goes towards the level of what's called conservatism used among consultants. So basically, I was hired by my employer, who of course was hired by EPA, to find out the risk assessment associated with oil that was pumped near coastal areas. As you're pumping this stuff, you're getting oil, you're getting brine, which is salt water, and you're getting a little bit of radiation. Ooh, interesting. So then the question is, what do we do with this stuff? And my first thought was, of course, well, let's put it back in the ground where it came from. And we couldn't do that because that's pollution. My question is, should we drill for more oil in the U.S.? But we can get to that later. Yeah, that might be a totally different thing. <laughs> uh, I'm throwing him off. I shouldn't be throwing yeah, those see, curveballs. And then the that next was thing is, well, do we put this in the ocean? And no, we can't do that because that's pollution. I see. And so the next thing is, and I don't know whose idea this was. It wasn't mine. And I was not this decision maker. But somebody's decision was, let's do what's called land application. So basically, they pull off the oil, it's still got a little bit of oil into it, it's still got the salinity, and it still has the radioactivity. So because we couldn't do anything else with it, what we're going to do is we're going to spread that water over the land and let it, let the volatiles go into the air. Just kind of dissipate. And then the radioactivity is going to stay right there in the soil. And my job uh, then comes up, it's... What is the risk associated with the radioactivity in that soil? That's just kind of left there. Yeah, so we assume that this, there's been land application for a few years here. All that radioactivity is there. And then Farmer Joe, he plants cabbage on this land. Ah. And the reason why we plant cabbage is because it is the best plant at soaking up the radioactivity. Oh, so you weren't just randomly saying cabbage. No. Yeah, uh, there was knowledge in the industry that cabbage is better than tomatoes or oranges or corn or wheat. You know, it was the one thing that pulled up more more radioactivity. Right. So we used cabbage. Then we assumed that Farmer Joe was eating that cabbage. Okay. For breakfast, he was having two heads of cabbage. (laughs) (laughs) For lunch, he was having two heads of cabbage. And for dinner, guess what he was having? Two heads of cabbage. <laughs> Two more heads of cabbage. So if a person could, if a would, if a person could eat six heads of cabbage in one day, how much contamination would that person then? Yeah. So then the risk assessment is okay. He's eating these six heads of cabbages daily, twenty four seven, three sixty five, for twenty years, and now what's his risk? 
Interesting. So then we go in and, you know, we make some assumptions about how much of the radioactivity he retains, et cetera, and, and what is cancer risk is how was it how high was it do you remember you know it was a number it seems like it was four per hundred thousand so very very low considering but, he's eating six heads of cabbage a day and yeah and something i learned when i did the end of that study is that i was instructed very directly to not say high low or sideways mm. i just provided a number to epa I just, I'm really curious because somebody the other day was saying to me, this radon thing is blown way out of proportion. Uh Now, I know you have to address it. We have to address it. Uh But if it takes six heads of cabbage a day for 20 years or so to have any effect, I'm kind of thinking that maybe it isn't as big of a problem, but maybe you'll tell me otherwise. Well... See, this is our roles, Heidi, as I I see them. I provide information. You're the one that actually gets to think. (laughs) I get to think and torment you, right? (laughs) Yes. You provide. You keep on providing. I'll keep tormenting. I don't know a thing about radon, so I'm just here to torment today. So I I like the torment. That's that's why we keep (laughs) her around. So the progression of what was considered to be safe, you know, back in the day, back in the 90s, it was those three numbers that was 4, 10, and 25. And according to studies done by EPA, with people like me being, of course, hired to do so. First off, they found that 410 and 25 doesn't work. We're Americans. We need a cutoff. We need good or bad. We need on or off, right? Mm, Black or white? No gray anymore, huh? No gray. We can't have any gray. Darn it. I kind of like that gray. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So what they did is they said, all right, we're picking the number four. And according to studies that were commissioned by EPA, what they found at the time is that if you're living in the basement at four for 19 hours per day okay, for 72 years, okay, then your risk of dying from radon is about the same as your risk of drowning. Which is what? One in yeah, 500,000? I don't have that number anymore. I don't either. But we all know roughly what our risk of drowning is. Okay. As I train realtors, sometimes I will ask uh, the realtors who have a boat to uh, pop their hands in the air, and I'll ask them if they would like me to remediate their drowning risk by removing the boat from their garage. (laughs) And thus far, I haven't been able to get anybody. that's a good way to look at it. You're doing some thinking (laughs) there. I'm willing to take it for free. I don't even have to charge them. (laughs) Hey, give me your boat, and I promise you won't drown. So there was, yeah, if you don't go out on the boat, you won't drown. So I'm helping them, right? Actually, I'm guessing my number of one in 500,000 for drownings is probably way, way, way high. It's probably more like one in 60,000 or less. I don't have those. 20,000 maybe. I don't have those numbers, so I'm not going to guess. But that is something that, you know, we all kind of know roughly what our risk of drowning is. So we were about those levels if you're in the room for 19 hours per day for 72 years. Which now, I don't know about most you. most people aren't in the room for 19 hours a day. Yeah. A, if you're in any space for 72 years, you're starting to get a risk of dying of well, old exactly. age. Well, exactly. That's the other thing. You might die anyway. And <laughs> if you're in the home for any home for 19 hours per day for any period of time, Chances are you're a hermit and you've got psychological issues and you're probably going to stab yourself. And you're going to die of boredom. Yes, I I would die of boredom. (laughs) That is true. You know, and the other thing to to be aware of is the four, that's going to be in a basement or crawl space. And hopefully nobody's living in a crawl space. But if you're in the basement for 19 hours per day, that means you sleep there. You know, most people have their kitchens on the main floor. You don't ever cook. 
That's significantly less circulation than you would have on the main floor with going in and out of the home and right. functioning. Yeah. So in that case, you might live to 100, which would beat all the odds of and, what uh, most people do anyway. And when you do, then you glow because you've been radioactive. <laughs> so, I'm liking this glow stuff. Maybe I need some radon. <laughs> The uh, EPA at that point decided that they wanted a little bit more perceived risk, Mm. or they might say a little bit more science. Maybe they just wanted to scare people more. So I'm glad you said that because (laughs) um, I don't work for the EPA and I'm not applying (laughs) next week, so I'm safe right now. So they used a new set of assumptions, which is that the affected person is in the basement for still at four. Okay. But they're there for 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. And they are in a dusty space where the air is continuously circulating and the radon is landing on the dust and the person is breathing the dust, all of which results in more radon and radiation in their lungs, which increases the cancer. So there you've got a set of circumstances, which is almost humanly impossible, but in the worst case scenario... Yes. 24 hours of never going out of your home. Yes. Never breathing fresh air, ever. Yeah, I'm thinking your lungs would pile up with soil, you know, or dust, like a dirt pile, and then you're dying of asphyxiation. Interesting. But... How, how much would that shorten your life, do you think? I... With those terrible, horrible, unrealistic conditions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm going to use a weasel word, and I'm going to say quite a bit. Quite a bit, huh? So, that's my attitude story. I think we ought to wrap this segment up, too. So, Heidi, do you want a mansion? Oh, let's, let's hold off. We'll skip on the mansion. Let's hold off. <laughs> so, as always, be yourself. Only Heidi gets to be Heidi, right? Yeah, I'm glowing. <laughs> Hi, this is Julie McKay with your natural solutions tip for the day. And if you're listening to Home Medic, then you probably have a project you've got to do. So our essential oil today is really going to help you. It's our doTERRA Motivate, which is actually my favorite blend. Oh, it's amazing, and it smells amazing, and it promotes feelings of confidence and, and courage and belief. In fact, Julie wears it every day as perfume, and I do that as well. It's one of our very, very, very favorite emotional oils. If, if you would like to know more about the essential oil Motivate or need a little kick in the butt, go ahead and reach out to us. Natural Solutions at homemedicworld.com.